we think it might be stage four. It looks advanced. And it's just me. It's just me in this room. And I've just got this news that's like life-changing. And there I am. Nobody knows like how long they have. Nobody knows like what tomorrow is going to be like. I have to believe that something extraordinary is possible with God. And I would want people to feel encouraged and to feel hope. That's my friend Jason Makaroff. We call him J-Mac. I've known him almost 20 years, but I have never seen him like this. My name's Cheryl, and I've told a lot of stories throughout my career. But this one, it's personal. Jason and his family mean a lot to me, and what I see happening to J-Mac is incredible. It's why I'm so glad he's sharing his story with you and why I want to help him do that. Jason's 47. He and Laura have two awesome young boys. Two weeks ago, out of the blue, he got the news that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. Most people see it as a death sentence, but to Jason, it's a license to really live. The first time that I heard the diagnosis, you know, I came back from Peru after being there for a month and, you know, I was working on a project to help start businesses down there. One of them was a bakery. And I knew that I had some kind of issue going on because I could tell based on some things that were happening with me physically and then getting some tests done down there based on recommendations from our medical team. And, you know, the decision was made, Hey, you need to come home. You know, it looks like you need to get some things checked out. And so I got in the car on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m. coming off of a flight from Lima, expecting to get checked out and be told, you know, you might have like some kind of obstruction in your bile duct or because it was related to like food and, and, you know, I was starting to get a, a yellow shade to my skin. So it was something going on. Um, but I, I was not anywhere in the ballpark of the news that they gave me. And what touches me about that is that God knew that he knew that before I did. And when I, when I was in that emergency room and they took me to get the scans and I got the scans done and still I'm not thinking, I'm just thinking they're, this is great. They're doing all these scans. They're going to find out what's going on. I'm going to get them. I get fixed, you know, then I'll be back in a couple of weeks, you know? And the doctor comes in and she's like, well, I need to, I need to tell you the results of the scan. And you know, is your wife here? And I said, well, yeah, let me call her. I can get her to come up. And I'm still not thinking anything. And so Laura comes in and I'm sitting there and she just looks at me and she says, you have a mass on your pancreas and it's pressing into your bile duct and it's causing all this pressure. And that's what you're experiencing. And we think it might be stage four. It looks advanced. And I'm just like, I heard the words and I felt like in that moment, like all this information, all this stuff was coming at me, but I just felt God so strongly. I felt, even though I was hearing the news, I felt peace. I felt settled. I felt at ease. I did not lose my mind, which I know I would. 
And, and if I just look at myself and who I am, like my mind goes crazy. And I've been a little bit of a hypochondriac at times about my health. And so something like that would really send me into a, a big spin. And I just listened and I took in that news and it didn't, it didn't hit me like I thought it would. And I just felt like God was protecting me. I felt like, you know, it talks about how his spirit will come in and you know, that, you know, you hear about these things about how God will carry you and he'll, he'll, he'll be with you. And you know, there's songs about that and stuff, but until you really experience him doing that, because I didn't prepare for that. I didn't, I didn't pray and ask God to be with, I didn't do anything. I did nothing. That's the most incredible thing to me is I did nothing. And he was there. He was there. And I know he was there because I just, even as I'm talking to you right now, like I'm not sad. Like what you hear in my voice is not sadness. It's like a, it's a profound, deep gratitude about who God is because you know you want to believe that, that he'll be there for you. You know, and you think, you know, you can read that, you know, but until he really is like in a moment like that, you just don't understand like how much he really cares. So Jason went from thinking he might have an issue with his gallbladder to getting the news that he has stage four pancreatic cancer, which means it's already spread. Then he had to go to another hospital and he found himself all alone with the weight of everything just sinking in. I get taken up to the room that I'm going to be in and it's at the end of this hall. It's a big room with a little window in it and I get dropped off and they say, well, the nurse will be here to check you in. And, um, and then they leave and the nurse doesn't come for a while. And it's just me. It's just me in this room. And I've just got this news that's like life changing. And there I am. And I just, I just thought like, gosh, it really is just me and God. And, uh, I was like looking for something, something that would, remind me that he was still with me because I knew he was with me in the ER and I saw this bird land on the window, you know, and sometimes, you know, I've heard people tell stories like this and you think of a bird or whatever, but when you're in the moment and you're looking for God and he answers something, you know, whether it's him or not, it's not just a coincidence. I see this bird and it reminds me of Becky, my friend Becky and, and you know, her experience having her first baby and how that was a sign that she saw in the window. And she talked about that and 27 years ago. And, uh, I saw that and I just thought, as soon as I thought that thought, I went in my head, I saw another bird land right next to that first one and look in. And I just thought, gosh, that's God. Like he's, he's with me. I just could feel him reassuring me that, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. And, um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about him and I'm like, just something went through my heart and my mind about how it's just not possible to do this. It's not possible to like have a a positive attitude or to, to be able to bear that kind of news. And I felt God tell me it's not in a man or woman to do my will which is to trust me, but I can help you trust me. 
And I just felt that so strong. And I, I realized like all this time I've spent trying so hard to please God or to, to fight for him or to do the right thing. I just saw like, he just wants to be God in all those weak areas that I have. And I think I've read those things and I've been aware of those things, but I really understood it because I experienced it. And I just, I just was like, yes, God, if you could just stay with me, I know that no matter what happens, no matter what I hear or what I have to go through, if you just stay with me, it'll be okay. And I know that's not me. That is not me thinking with my own brain that way. That is God coming to me and giving me a different perspective. And I think that's what touches me so much as I'm talking to you is that that perspective is his and it's a good perspective and it's the perspective I want. And I don't want anything except God's perspective in my life about anything, how long, how much time, what, what should happen here, how this should go, how that should go. I don't want any of that. I just want to know what he thinks and what his perspective is, because that settles me in a way that I've never been settled in my entire life. And it's been something that I'm learning is a daily thing. And I would say that that's something we, you know, we can all say, or I've said, well, I know daily I'm supposed to trust God. I'm not supposed to worry about the future. I'm not supposed to ponder the past, but I have really seen God change something in me that just, it's narrowed some things. I don't, ponder the past. I don't worry about the future. I just worry. I just consider about what today is. And I look to God. I look for God in things. And it is like the way to live. And I think every person would want that. I think I have wanted that. You don't have to have a diagnosis of cancer or a disease to be able to live life that way. But God has given me an opportunity to experience life that way. And he used this to do it. And I just, I just don't, I don't feel like it's a bad thing. And knowing J Mac, like I do, that really is a miracle. He's living in the moment. He isn't worried. And this is a guy we would tease about getting worked up about a lot of things, especially anything medical. Even Laura, his wife, who's a doctor considered him a tough patient. I've actually passed out in a doctor's office before. I don't even try. It just happens sometimes. Like the, they call it like the vasovagal reaction or I don't know if I'm saying that right, but, um, it just happens. And, uh, I had a, I had a doctor I went and saw one time and he actually was a friend too. I worked with and, um, he's like, well, you know, we're just going to, I'm just going to, while you're here, everything looks great. I'm just going to listen to your heart. You know, and he's kind of doing the, you know, the stethoscope. And I just, I was telling him, I'm like, Hey, sometimes I have this thing that happens to me when I'm in a doctor's office and I start to feel lightheaded. And he was talking to me and I remember him saying, well, you know, like, that's good to know. And you know, I think you're fine. And the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the ceiling and there's like five people looking down at me. And one of them's like asking me, do you know where you are right now? Do you know where you are? And I felt like I was waking up from a dream and I'm thinking, of course I know where I am. I'm, and then I was like, wait, where am I? 
I, and I, and, and I, as people started to come into focus and I realized like I had completely passed out in his office. I mean, that's just kind of where I was at and not being able to have, like not be able to tolerate like needle sticks and blood pressure cuffs to getting this diagnosis. And I can tell you, I, I've lost track of how many needle sticks I've had, how many labs have been drawn, um, how many IVs have been started, how many times my blood pressure has been taken. Then the guy who once fainted at the routine checkup found out he had to get a pick line because of a blood infection. They punctured through his arm. They fed a line into his chest so he could do an antibiotic infusion at home three times a day for two weeks. You know, God has really given me an opportunity to face all the kinds of things that I would be afraid of and to go through them. And I'm still here. I'm on the other side. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're, you know, wonderful things to go through, but I'm so glad that I did. And I'm, I'm so glad that I have had some of these experiences because, you know, maybe they're hard to go through in the moment, but when you look back and you see what you got out of it, there's some deeper things, some deeper work that's been done in me that's greater than a pick line, uh, greater than an IV. And um, I just, I don't know, I feel like it's helped me appreciate people more, um, helped me appreciate people who have a diagnosis or who go through something hard in life. Because I think I'll look at people differently now when, I, when I'm out walking around. I, I see things. You know, I was in the hospital today and I see people, I see a guy with a, with a shirt on that's got blue on it. And I see the word warrior and I see the bandage around his arm that I recognize as a blood draw. And I think to myself, this guy's going through something. I wonder what he's going through. And I asked Laura, I said, what's blue stand for? And she said, well, it's colon cancer. I said, he's going through that. And I would, I would probably miss that. I would probably miss that, you know, because you just don't think about that stuff. But I've just seen like, you know, God's like helping me see things differently. I can't explain all that. I just, this is what God is doing with me. He's, he's like, he's helping me overcome some things in my life where I, I was afraid. And then he's deepening my ability to see and understand and appreciate things that I would have missed. And I don't know how you make yourself develop that because if you told me that's something you need to develop, I would say, of course I want that. Yeah, I want that. And I would study a book to try to get that and not be able to get it. And I would memorize a scripture or, or try to make myself more sensitive. But I think what I'm learning is like, there's only one that can change you and it's God. He's the one that has made every person. So he can change your mind. He can transform the way you think. He can change your perspective. He can change your heart. He can take some things out of you that shouldn't be there, like fear and worry and doubt and unbelief. Those are dark things. And I don't ever want those to be a part of my life. And, you know, part of this experience is that that's, there's an area that he has exposed and gone straight at that he's taking out of my life. And it, 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 it would have fear rooted in it. And God doesn't want us to live in a state of fear, no matter what, no matter what. He does not want us to, to be fearful about anything. Jason had faced the shock of hearing he has cancer, gone through all the pokes and prodding in the process, 
But he was about to face his biggest challenge and his biggest fear. That blood infection he got from a procedure had made him so sick that he was in a lot of pain. You know, it's like probably day four after being out of the hospital the first time. And I'm supposed to go in the next day and talk to the oncologist about the plan. And that night I wake up and I have this really sharp pain. By the time I got to the, to the ER, I was like, I was feeling pretty bad. I mean, I had a really sharp pain. I had a lot of, um, I just felt weak. I was in so much pain that I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go sit in this chair over here. And I kept, this was like two 30 in the morning and I kept trying to let them know, Hey, I, I feel like things are getting worse. And, and they finally get me in around five 30, maybe six in the morning. It's like three hours. I get back there and they give me some pain medication and they, they take an IV. And you know, what's funny, like that time I was like looking forward to getting the IV because I knew the IV was going to be fluids and some kind of pain medication. So I was looking forward to the IV, which I normally in the past would not. And, um, the edge of the pain went off for a little bit and then it started to build. And so I pressed the button, you know, the pain's really bad. And they said, well, we'll have to try to get a different pain med for you because you already have everything that we can give you of this kind here. So we'll talk to the doctor. The pain is getting so bad now that I'm not kidding. Like my teeth were chattering and I was shaking. I could feel it. And I, I, I could feel difficulty breathing because if I took too deep of a breath, it hurt my midsection. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is getting bad. I press the button and I tell the person, the nurse that comes in, I said, I, I really, I mean, this is getting really bad. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I need something. But she said to me, the doctor's really busy. You'll have to wait. We don't have anything else. And she left and the door shut and it was dark. I felt like, I think the last time I called, I said, Hey, I think I'm going into shock. I felt so awful. And you know, they, they sent the call out and nobody came. And I just remember laying there thinking, God, if you need me to go now, I'll go now. I will. It's, it's just, it was that bad. And I felt that so like clearly, like I, I will let go. Um, and I, th- I don't know, like if I've ever been in a situation where I've really had to, to think about that, but I just, I did. I did that day. And I said, God, if you, I know if you could just be with me, but whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to happen. There was something about getting to that point of letting it all go that really changed something in J-Mac. And then the doctor came in and then they gave me like a different pain medication that was really powerful and everything got better. But, um, that experience, I felt so like alone to the point where I just was like, again, it's just me and God. And I keep telling people like, I don't think I would ever want to repeat that experience. And I'm sure there are people out there who have had that and maybe worse, but there was something about that experience getting through it that I'm so glad I went through it. If that makes any sense at all. Um, I'm glad I went through it, but I would not want to go through it again. And I wouldn't choose it. 
but I'm glad that it, that it happened. And, um, I just, I just feel like that was another opportunity for God to get me to face fear. That experience was, um, incredible and very challenging at the same time, but it's really God getting me to face my fears and, you know, I mean, I have more things to face and I, I try not to look down the road because I don't really know, you know, I don't, I don't know a week, two weeks, three weeks out. And, and it's funny because at some point in my life, I thought I did. And you can really, you can really be lulled into this idea that you think you know how things are going to happen. You think there's a plan and it's going to look like this and this is kind of how life goes, but that's not necessarily true and you don't know. So I don't, I don't waste a lot of time worrying about what's coming up. I know it's there, but I also know that God's going to be there too. A few weeks ago, I would have told you Jason was one of the healthiest people I know. Now, he doesn't know how long he has to live. Yet, he's living, really, for the first time in a way he's always wanted. I think, despite the circumstance, despite the outcome, um, first of all, like I don't, I don't look at the outcome because the world will tell me like what kind of outcome I should expect, and I don't really want to hear it. It's not that I'm trying to bury my head in the sand, but I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. What if, what if I walk out that door and I get in my car and I drive down the road and I get hit by a semi truck and that's the end of me. You know, I, I just, I don't know. Nobody knows, but I've lived in this state of mind where I have placed a lot of confidence, even not realizing it, thinking that I know, thinking that I have a certain amount of time. And the truth is like, nobody really knows how much time they have. Nobody really knows when they're going to die, but you can live right now. And God is what gives me joy and peace and freedom in my circumstances right now, because he can be with me right now. I don't have to worry about tomorrow until tomorrow gets here. And I don't have to keep going back to the past because that's where it comes from. It's not my circumstances. Um, and, and yeah, if I look at my circumstances, sure, anybody can look at their circumstances and ride the roller coaster, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to ride the roller coaster and I'm not going to get on board with the, what about this and what about that? Because it's, what I'm learning is it's, it's a waste of my time. And I think it's honestly, I think it's a waste of anyone's time. I would go back and tell myself this last year or the year before or the year before that, or even as a young man, it's a waste of your time to spend all that effort considering that. Just enjoy what you have. Enjoy the moment and experience life. I have to tell you something about J-Mac. As long as I've known him, I've heard him talk about wanting to see miracles. He's always wanted that for other people too. Now he feels one happening in him through what can seem like a worst case scenario. He feels really strongly about talking about what he's going through. I asked him why. Well, I would, I think I would want people to feel hope. I would want people to feel like there, there is possibilities out there that are beyond what a statistic or a test 
or a scan or a doctor would tell you, I would hope that people would feel like they could believe the impossible. Um, you know, we, a lot of people know that, you know, says God can do the impossible. All things are possible with God. But I just think the way that things are set up and the systems and the conditioning that we, we get like really limits our ability to have confidence in that. You know, those words get drowned out by, uh, here's your statistics or here's your chance or this, or here's how this works, or this is what you can expect from that and science. And I'm not saying science is, is a problem. I'm just saying that, you know, God has allowed us to explore and understand certain things, but there are things that we will never understand never on the side of heaven. And, to have like a hope and a confidence in who God is to really believe every word that he said and to apply it to yourself and to have the freedom to live it. That's what I would want for people. And I would want that for myself. And I want that every day to be able to live like that, to be able to live with an expectation that I don't know the future, but God does. And it's going to be great. And I'm not going to judge like what's coming or what's in the past but I'm looking for God to give me a full life and I'm looking for him to do that. Not for my circumstances to do it because we don't all have the circumstances that we want from time to time. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but God always wants us to have an abundant life. He always wants us to have a a rich way of living and enjoying the things that he gives us. And I just have felt how, the world can steal that from you and the conditioning and the way that you can be taught to think about things or conditioned to understand things can limit your perspective to think that way. And I just feel like that is the one thing that like keeps me going is that I sure for God that can do incredible things. And I'm not going to judge even how he chooses to do things, but I know that's who he is. And I would want other people to believe that too for themselves and to have like, have that opportunity to not be pulled down, to not be quenched, to not be limited, to not feel fear or worry or concern or doubt or darkness, but to have like a light and a hope that they, that there is someone out there looking for them. Just like I found out that morning when I was in the ER, that God came to me in a more real way than I've ever experienced. And I can't do that for people, but people can hear what's happening with me and know that I'm not any different than anybody else. And that God is not a person. He's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at people and say, well, I'm going to do something for this person, but not this person. That's not who he is. And so it is for everyone. And that's what I would want people to have. And I would want people to feel encouraged and to feel hope and to feel a confidence about the future. Not because of them or their circumstance, but because there is a God out there that wants that for everybody, no matter what your circumstance. J-Mac is starting his chemo soon, the most aggressive treatment out there. There's a lot ahead for Jason, for Laura and their kids, and they want to share it all. He says what gives him strength and energy every day is to talk about what's happening with him. So we'll be recording more podcasts with Jason and his family and friends. He's also got a blog at jmaxdreamteam.com, J-M-A-K-S. He's also on Instagram and Facebook.